Hello. Hello, Bishop. Hello. Is this Bishop Bonnie Rabin? That's who it is. <laughs> Excellent. This is Jess Dominic from Bullet and Flight Radio. How are you today? I'm fabulous. So grateful to talk to you today. That is awesome. And everyone that's listening, you've already had the opportunity to hear Bishop Bonnie Radden's bio. So, Bishop, we covered. I wanted to kind of catch you up right now to let you know that we kind of let the audience know. For those who don't know who you are, we let them know who we're talking to today. So do you have a, uh, a few moments for a few questions? Absolutely. I'd love to answer them. Awesome, awesome. So first question is, how? tell us how you got involved in ministry. What first you got? Wow. What what got you first involved? Wow, that's a that's a great question because I didn't grow up in church and my parents mm-hmm. sent me to church when they wanted to get over their hangover when I was a kid. And I would go to church and I would cry and I didn't know why. I was probably in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. And um, they just sent us to the local uh, local church down the street. And then uh, when I was in high school, there was, um, at the time, there was on campus a ministry called Teen Challenge. And one of the young ladies that I was in playing basketball with at the time, her sister and her sister's boyfriend ran that. And at the time, you could have Bible studies and things. And I got connected with them. And um, started going over to my friend's house, and her sister and her parents were Christians and, and, and amazing, loving human beings. And they started taking me to church, and I got introduced to Jesus Christ. And then, after that, um, I was asked as a young person about when I graduated from high school to go around and share my um, testimony with a number of folks in little in little uh, cities, and I did that. But to become a pastor, that was something I never wanted to do. And I'm going to be honest because I grew up oftentimes wondering where I was going to eat and wondering when the lights were going to get cut off. And I saw pastors that were living like that, and I didn't want to do that. I had a very successful career in business, and yet I knew that God was calling me. When I was 16 years old and introduced to Christ, I knew God was calling me into ministry. But again, I ran from it. But um, as a gay woman, I um, didn't think that I could be accepted by God and didn't think that God, uh, you know, I had to hide all of that. But I found an inclusive church, and and there's a long story behind that that sometime I hope we can talk about. But um, I was asked, um, I was kicked out of that inclusive church, actually. Um, What? Yes, I was kicked out of an inclusive church, was asked to leave, actually, by the pastor and uh, my spouse and I at the time. And so we left. And a lot of other folks left. 
uh, with us, and we were heartbroken. And um, started meeting. We started meeting in a Bible study together, and uh, different ones of us started started um, uh, leading that Bible study. And then what happened was we decided that this was going to be a church. And so we started looking for a pastor. And every time somebody would talk about it, me being a pastor, my heart would race and I would run from it. I just like, no way, no way. But I knew better. And about like a year to us, in a year to us meeting, exactly, in a year of us meeting, a group of about 40 people uh, got together and said, look, it's obvious to us that we want you to be our pastor, but it's not obvious to you. And so we want to know, would you be our pastor? And so I said, look, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do it for a year. That was in 1996. I said, I'll do it for a year. And if at the end of the year you like me and I like you, well, we can figure it all out. And so that's how I started actually the ministry of Refiners Fire Fellowship United Church of Christ Global in 1996. And uh, But I've had ministry off and on, if you will, since I was uh, 16 years old. And since you were 16 years old, did you learn to play any instruments? Were you active in the church in that way? Were you in the choir, or did you play any instruments during that time? That's funny you say that. A lot of people don't know this. Actually, I was a worship leader for 10 years. I taught mm. myself how to play the guitar and write some gospel songs. <laughs> and, wow. Um, and uh, I I would make little songs up to comfort my own heart in my room growing mm. up. In my, la- in my junior and senior year of high school. And then um, I was involved in a church in Southern California uh, that was not an inclusive church, but I got involved in their uh, worship ministry, very large, thousands of people. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was in the worship, on the worship team, and then went to other churches and was in on the worship team. Uh, so, yeah, I love music. I believe music is a universal language. Um mm-hmm. Many of us can remember songs way back, you know, but music yeah. is amazing. And, uh, yeah, I, I learned how to play the, the guitar. You know, I'm not Taught surprised myself. because most pastors that I've talked to and first families, I, I am a PK. My parents are pastors, yeah. born and raised in Detroit. They have a church in Albuquerque. And so I have some understanding as to the lifestyle of the first family. Uh, there you go. And how heavy the 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 head that wears the crown? Yes, I totally yeah. understand. I get that whole thing. And so music was a part of your life, which is awesome, and it's it beautiful to hear. And I relate to that as well because music is still a deep part of my life. That's just beautiful. That is beautiful. Okay. And it also shows that God gives more than one gift. To be self-taught mm-hmm. playing the guitar, he gave you the gift of speech and charisma because a pastor has to have both. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> beautiful. 
You know, you can't be a pastor that nobody likes. <laughs> it's not going to work. I'm here to tell you. And, you know, pastors really have to work with their minister and music. And, you know, we can't just drop yeah. songs in. You know, that's a it's an amazing ministry. I tell people, and as a bishop, and, and uh, all the time is that you really need to put a lot of effort into your music ministry because I believe it really kills the ground for the word. And um, it also is a very prophetic ministry. It can't just, uh, you know, pastors, if you're listening to me, please pray about your ministers of music. Don't let them just drop a song on you on Sunday morning. Uh, I'm grateful my minister of music, I, I know she spends a lot of time every week praying and seeking God. Yeah. She knows what my message is going to be. We move together in that way. They should know what yeah. your message is. You shouldn't have to say, Oh, I'll just get it to you later. Those things are should work together. That's so true. You know, some people hear, and, and we all know that we are all different, and some people mm-hmm. will hear the word through a sermon or speech, or however they interpret what it is. And some people will hear the word through song. Yes. And they'll take that and remember what you said in a rhythm and a melody. Absolutely. That is so important. I I totally understand that. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So let so let much. me. Oh, it is. I I just totally relate to that. And then when you talked about being a praise and worship leader, I that was my job in the church as well, and I took it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, from consecration to prayer and fasting, from separating yourself from gossip and and all kinds of stuff you have to do if you really want that kind of anointing, and that, that is a whole lifestyle inside the church. Absolutely. Everyone in the church isn't living that particular lifestyle because they don't have those responsibilities. So, oh, yeah, I, I relate, I relate yeah. a lot to that. I, I kind of I, I kinda get it. So let me ask you, where mm-hmm. do you see your ministry in the next, going in the next 10 years? Well, that's a great question because uh, let me uh, just back up a little bit and say that for me personally, uh, about uh, five to seven years before the pandemic, I saw shifts. I said shifts, S-H-I-F-T-S. And I saw (laughs) things, I'm here to tell you, uh, we were were virtual before virtual was popular. And I... um, knew that folks were not happy with church traditionally as it was, especially on the West Coast. Let me say this, on the West Coast. And there needed to be something different. And I started asking other pastors and other bishops, actually, man, are you feeling this? And I would watch different folks change the name of their church, change the location of their church. I think they were trying to find what I was feeling. And so when we came into the pandemic, I think the pandemic showed us a lot of things. Number one, it showed us how unimportant buildings are and how important people are. I better say that one more time, how unimportant buildings are and how much more important people are. Now, let me let me clarify unimportant. Mm. Maybe that's not a right word because I get buildings and I get all of that. 
But oftentimes we put so much energy into a building and then we're hard on our people to give because we've got to pay for that building when the reality is is our funds ought to be into our people. That's right. Quite frankly, is my is my my piece. And so as we are moving in this space of virtual, because I am still virtual. Now I do meet with our folks and plan on putting something together to meet with them. But let me tell you something that has happened, and I've watched it happen uh, with myself. I've watched it happen with our prelate bishop in the Fellowship of Affirming Ministries, Bishop Yvette Flunder, where people can join your church from all over the world. They may have admired you. Maybe uh, you have a type of ministry that they like, but they couldn't find it. And there are a lot of people who are LGBTQ in this country that don't have the opportunity to go to an inclusive church in their local cities, but they can go to it online virtually and be fed and be in a community. You know, if we're doing virtual church right, when I say virtual church right, I mean that you ought to be meeting with folks in uh, face-to-face and Zoom uh, and and other ways. Um, During the whole pandemic, we had a Wednesday night what we call Wednesday night family Zoom, where we got together, we had dinner together, we played games together, we did a Bible studies together, we read books together, uh, all kinds of things like that. I think that in answer to your question, it's really hard to see where ministry can go in 10 years. But for me, what I'm hoping is that for myself, I will continue to help to leave a legacy where people where our motto is to reach people and touch lives with this radical, inclusive gospel and love of Jesus Christ, Um, but that we will continue. I'm very passionate about emotional well-being, that we will um, be in a space where, uh, especially in our community, and I say our community, I'm talking about the LGBTQ community, where we are becoming healed and whole people living life to its fullest and its greatest, and that as a ministry, that ministries are pouring into individuals to help them become healthy and whole in every area of their life. And I want to see not only my ministry still continue to go down that path, but I'd like to see the ministries that I'm connected with do that. And um, I'm hoping that what we can do is learn to train other folks so we're not a one church wonder, you know. And when you, you're gone, your church is gone. Look, we ought to be mentoring folks and teaching That's folks right. what, what, what you're passionate about and what they're passionate about. And I'm incredibly passionate about folks, emotional and mental health. I agree with that. And everyone who's tuning in, if you're tuning in late, no problem. You are coming into a great interview. We are talking to Bishop Bonnie Radden, the senior pastor of Refiner's Fellowship, Refiner's Fire Fellowship, excuse me, I apologize, Refiner's Fire Fellowship, UCC Church that is connected to TFAM. We are also going to talk, and I want to talk, I want you to talk a little bit about the new podcast that's coming on Bulletin mm. Flight called Inside Out. Speaking of mental health yeah. and wholeness for our community, everyone, this is going to knock your socks off. 
Bishop Ryden, tell us a little bit about what, what we're in for. Man, I'm so excited. I can't even begin to tell you. You know, I'm so uh, grateful for this uh, young man, Dominic, who uh, has this uh, radio station. Y'all, uh, please, if you don't hear anything I say, please give to this radio station. I'm sure he'll tell us how in just a moment so we can keep it on the air. We need this. But Inside Out, let me say that Inside Out was birthed out of my own emotional trauma, my own sexual abuse, my own growing up in a home of having an incredibly angry and abusive mother, an alcoholic father, um, and uh, being incredibly sad most of my childhood, not knowing, uh, telling my parents when I was 10 years old that I was sexually abused. And after I told them that, my dad and my mom told me, okay, you can go back to bed now. And as I walked up the stairs, I heard my mother say, now you know your daughter's not a goody two-shoes. Now, to somebody who's been sexually abused as a young person, you can only imagine what that did to me. And so what it created in me was something I call, there's an equation. It goes like this. Hurt not dealt with turns to anger not dealt with, turns to hate, and turns to rage. And um, I was the most angry young woman. And I'll fast forward because I don't want to tell the whole story, and I'll tell it when we start the podcast. But when I was 30 years old, uh, something very traumatic happened in my life, and I was forced to deal with what I'm talking about. And so I started uh, seeking help, uh, sought out a therapist who didn't know anything about me or anything about my spiritual life. I was a big worship leader in a church of about 8,000 people. Um, and I began to look at my own roots because if you don't find the root and change the root, you will never get a different fruit. You'll go around the same mountain, have failed relationships, uh, unsuccessful money, unsuccessful businesses. I'm telling you what I know. But inside out, what what we're going to deal with is because, and let me just say this, I saw folks in our church doing and going around the same mountains that I was talking about. And the fallacy for me was, now believe me, hang tight to this, because I'm going to shake y'all's theology, is that Jesus takes care of everything. Listen, I love Jesus with all of my heart, committed to Jesus Christ. But let me say this, we got to do some work that Jesus expects for us to do. Now, some of you don't even know what your roots are, but we're going to help you find what those are so you can live an incredibly successful life, a a happy life. We're going to deal with depression and anxiety. We're going to deal with how to get to the – some of you don't even know why you're depressed. You don't even know why you have anxiety. We're going to talk about those things. But most of all, we're going to talk about how your emotional life can be stable and how you – can live just life in a most successful way. Mm. So I'm mm. excited about <laughs> that because I'm incredibly, incredibly, incredibly passionate about it. I'll say this, that I went back to school and got a couple of master's degrees because I was so passionate right. about mental health and emotional well-being um, in the church because I wanted mm. our people to be healthy. 
I wanted yeah. them to get what God really said. If, 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 yeah. if Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly, and you're not ex- experiencing an abundant life, something is wrong. If God said wrong. in Jeremiah, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts to give you a hope and a future. And uh, I believe the Amplified Version says a successful outcome. If you don't have a successful outcome, why? And most people don't know why. But when they're able to get to that root and fix it you and, and, and really heal it up, watch what happens. Amen to that. Watch what happens. And we need so much more of that within our community, as, as you've expressed. And let me go back to my last question. When I, when I, I see what I see for you, your career, your ministry over the next 10 years is more of this. Absolutely. I I 100% agree. Not only is Bishop Braddon coming on to Bulletin Flight Radio, everyone, but the podcast will also be provided through our, our, our page as well. So if you miss an episode, you'll be able to download some things, and, and which is very important to have the tools that we all need in our everyday life and not just wait for a scheduled show. So there's a lot of goodies coming in the next year and 10 years. You, you times that by 10, it's just going to be off the charts. That's what I'm hoping and I pray for and what I wish. Just wanted to add that. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? During these holidays, they're very tough for a lot yes. of people, and we're going to we're going to um, have a show next week that's going to help you know how to deal with some of those uh, places of the blues in the holidays. Yes, yes, everyone, that is going to be uh, the premiere episode, which is going to really, again, be tailored to our community. Not a bunch of catchphrases and cliches, nope. but real answers now. to real questions. Amen. I just wanted to put that out there. So let me get on with this interview. I know I get I get sidetracked sometimes, but this is good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go, my brother. So if you could collaborate with anyone on a project, even this project, whom would it be and why? If I could collaborate with anybody, I think I'm collaborating with the folks I want to collaborate with right now. I'm so grateful, and I'm not saying this everyone because uh, I'm speaking with Dominic. But I was just having conversations with uh, actually one of my friends who uh, is going to actually come on the first show with me, uh, Doretha Williams, an amazing uh, human being, pastor, counselor, uh, a great human being, uh, uh, just talking to her about, you know, wanting to do this. And then uh, Dominic has been following uh, myself and he calls me. And to be able to collaborate with you on these projects, I mean, I just know how God connects folks. My other collaboration, uh, I'm just incredibly excited about it in so many ways because, you know, I see God opening uh, the doors. You know, I, uh, I'll talk about this sometime. In 2020, I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer. And right a day after that, I had the worst betrayal of my life in ministry. And I was so heartbroken because what happened was that I had a staff of people that were being paid. 
I had folks coming through my door that were getting services, uh, everything from housing to mental health services, particularly our trans community. And these people pulled the rug out from underneath us and closed the doors in one day. And I, I was devastated, quite frankly. Yeah. But God now, after this, is weaving and opening the doors. We recently uh, partnered with uh, the city of Las Vegas around um, a large uh, grant with HIV and, and AIDS and housing and, and um, also mental health services, also educational services, also uh, workforce development. And they came to us. Listen, folks, I want to tell you, don't ever give up on your dreams. God gave me a vision about 10 to 12 years ago. And in this vision, I saw exactly what I was wearing. I saw myself standing um, in front of a desk, uh, like, uh, you know, like when you come into an office and maybe the receptionist is there. And I saw myself talking to them in a facility of being able to help folks like what I'm talking about right now. And I never have given up on that uh, vision and dream. When I talk about it, it's as real as my own hands in front of my face right now. So much so that prophetically, I went and had the suit I saw made, the suit I saw in that vision made during the pandemic. And about back in maybe April or May, one of the pastors that I asked to preach for our service had no idea that I recently was um, working with uh, Catholic Charities on a grant for mental health for refugees and lost that grant and uh, was denied it. And there's some issues behind all that that had nothing to do with me but had everything to do with who I am as a gay woman. And she had no idea, and prophetically she told me, I know that recently you must have lost something, but God is going to bring you something amazing, and the people are going to come to you. And can I tell you, that's exactly what is happening right now. And it's not because of who I am, it's because of whose I am, and because I didn't let go, and I kept holding on, and I still hold on, and I want to give my life in ministry to people and to the ministry of of emotional well-being and for folks to be healthy in every area of their life. I'm so excited. And so I I say that because in my collaboration, I'm collaborating with uh, our prelate bishop, Bishop Yvette Flunder, in this particular grant. Uh, here wonderful. in Las Vegas. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Incredibly excited. Oh, yes. And and I, this is, I think this next question is a little bit redundant because we've been talking about this the whole time through, but I want to ask this. <laughs> to get this in your words, what would you say your greatest passion and or conviction is? <laughs> well, I, uh, one, let me let me say this is that uh, Bishop Yvette Flender told me a number of years ago, you should do what you love and get paid for it. Yeah. In other words, do your passion. Too many folks right. are in in what I call J-O-Bs, and they're miserable. And I love to ask young people, if I gave you a check today for a million dollars, 
what would you do? They tell me, and I said, then you should do that for a career. My greatest passion today is people and seeing people healthy and whole and happy. There's nothing greater than watching somebody turn around and become incredibly happy. Why, why is that my passion? Because that's what God has done for me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you call my phone and you listen to my voicemail, this is what it says. It's a great day. And I have people I know that say, I just call your phone just so I can hear that because it's so uplifting. <laughs> well, it, the reality for me is I make a choice every day to be, make it a great day or make it a miserable day, and I choose, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. Why? Because I get to choose to. That's right. My passion is people being able to walk down those same uh, road, hold my hand, I'll hold their hand, I'll get behind them. Uh, I just believe that if Jesus said I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly, we ought to be experiencing that, and I want to help people experience that. Amen, amen, especially folks in our community who sometimes feel from early on that they can never mm-hmm. have life or an abundant life. Since suicide and Dominic, so, so high, they don't even feel like they could have life. Mm-hmm. So, you are so right, thing. and that's what made me go back to school and get these uh, masters. I'm so grateful for uh uh, Pastor Kendall Brown, who encouraged me to go get a master's in psychology. Um, I did that in, with a specialization in LGBT studies from Antioch University and uh, a pastoral counseling degree. And, um, and I have some certificates in mass crisis for mass, uh, like mass shootings and mass trauma. We have so much trauma. Mm. And that's one thing we're going to talk about on Inside Out. We have a lot of trauma, Dominic in our community that folks don't even know. We've been marginalized, especially our brothers and sisters of color. Uh, Not only been marginalized there, but marginalized as LGBTQ folks, and then you're marginalized uh, as a a person of color. Good God today, can you imagine how much much that does to you emotionally? I want to help folks to heal that and then begin to experience the kind of life that God has intended for them to do. That's my real passion, emotional and mental health. Amen. Amen. And everyone's listening. Inside Out is debuting this weekend, this Thanksgiving Day weekend, but we're going to have a a double feature, <laughs> I like to call it, because okay. also Refiner's Fire Fellowship is premiering on Bulletin Flight this weekend as well. Yay. Hallelujah. So if you don't, and we've got Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe it is, or is it Tuesday and or it's Wednesday and Thursday? Anyway, they're back-to-back days. Check our schedule this week <laughs> for new content. And we will be starting off with a wonderful series that Bishop Radden preached called Let It Go. And it is a very timely season for this holiday uh, period that's coming up from from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's, we we want to kind of encourage you and let you know that certain things you've gotta you've gotta let go and 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 we're not trying to be insensitive when we say that, but to for the sake of moving on and being healthy, everything Bishop Radden is talking about in this interview, she talks about in her ministry 
and within her cathartic therapeutic work. <laughs> so, there you go. I just Love want to it. put that out there as well. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. What do you want? Yes. What do you want people to know most about your ministry and about your heart? Because you know, b- before you answer that, we all know that we're dealing with a church hurt community. Most of the people mm-hmm. that are listening to Bullet and Flight don't go to church not because of a pandemic, clearly but because they're dealing and wrestling with wounds that are 5, 10, 20, 30 years old. And I grew up on a song, a Clark sister song, that really ministers to my spirit today called He Will Turn Your Scars Into Stars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a mantra I live by. And I know a lot of people don't trust pastors and they think pastors are after money and after trying to tell you what you can and cannot do and da 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 but talk to us. Talk to the church hurt about who you are and and what you want them to know most about you. Well I think the most incredible thing uh, that I'd like for you to know about me is that I've been hurt too. Yeah. And I know what it feels like. And I know what it's like to carry it around. But I know when you carry it around and you don't let it go, and, I, and please stay with me. Don't, don't judge me yet. Um, it can destroy you. Yeah. Because the hurt that has been caused to us, the folks who caused it to us, they're not sitting around now wondering what has happened to us. We are... We lose, and I had to realize I'm losing, and I had to realize what am I going to do? Am I going to let this keep destroying my life, or am I going to get going to get um, and find out how to heal that up? How I'm going to let that go, if you will, and then how am I going to begin to experience life in an amazing way? And I know that some of you are shaking your head. I can see it now, but I want you to stay with me because you know what? I believe that you're listening for a reason. I also believe that there's a space where the divine does not want you to have that hurt anymore. I've had the same kind of hurt, but let me tell you what it's like. When I was young, I had a really bad cut on the side of my leg. Got a big scar there. My friend's daughter, she, uh, uh, she was with her little girlfriend, and and uh, she wanted me to come down the room and play monster, they said. And so I came down, rah, you know. And the little girls jumped on me, three of them. I lost my balance. Now, some of you two are going to be too young for this. But when I fell over, her bed frame had come apart because, you know, we back in the days when the bed frame was kind of hooked by that little metal thing mm-hmm. and it yeah. slid out. And the metal bed frame went into the side of my leg uh. and made a horrible cut. That thing, I can tell you, hurt me so bad and blood was coming all over the place. And I ended up having to go to the hospital and because of my own sexual trauma, wouldn't even let them take my pants off. I made them cut them above the knee. But I got that thing sewn up. And the next day, I'll never forget, I was an Advent runner. I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything. But guess what? 
that caught, that scar, that cut healed, and that cut healed from the inside out. And guess what? The pain that's associated with that scar is not there. The scar is there, but the pain is not there. And I can tell you, listen to me, people, it's the same thing with the hurt that has been caused to you. That wound is there today, but if you'll stay with us, if you'll come on and listen to us at Inside Out, come on and listen to us at Refiner's Fire, listen to some of the other programs that my precious brother Dominic has here on Bullet in Flight that are intended to be for our community, to heal us up, to make us whole, to help us live life in a greatest way. That hurt that is an open wound it will only be a scar with no pain associated with it, I guarantee you. That's right. Amen. I guarantee you. And I, I know that, that from personal experience, and I know it from the hundreds of people that have come through my Inside Out workshop. I know that from the people that I've dealt with in personal counseling. I just know it for a fact. Mm. And God wants See, this to do is that beautiful. to you. That's right. And so the most important thing, I hope anyone and everyone that's listening to this, that no one is trying to, including myself, including the radio station and all of its content, no one is trying to preach at you. Not at all. We are community. We are your community, and we love you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's just beautifully said. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, everyone, you are Air Force. Special truth. Um, bullet and light. Let me tell you. I'm yeah, so yeah. excited. Come on. So tell all you folks, for those that want to join the live service every week, uh, those that want to connect with you, maybe uh, ask for a prayer request. Tell all of us, all of the radio listening family, how we can find you on social media. Absolutely. love to. You can find us on uh, several pl- several platforms. You can find us on Refiners Fire Fellowship Official. Now, remember that, Refiners Fire Fellowship Official on Facebook. You can find us uh, on Bishop Bonnie Radden on our Facebook you can also find us on uh, Bishop Bonnie Radden's YouTube channel. Uh, we are also on Instagram as well, Refiner's Fire Fellowship. You can find us all there. Um, you can call us at 877-386-3806. Uh, again, that's 877-386-3806. If you uh, need prayer or uh, you know, you need something that we might be able to help you with, or you weren't able to get the, the website, I mean, the uh, Facebook page down. Uh, we also have a website. It's it's in the fixing stage right now, so we'll let you know that soon. But that's uh, refinersfirefellowship.org, refinersfirefellowship.org. So uh, those are the ways you can find us right now, and we'd love for you to find us. We, uh, we are on Sunday mornings live at 845. Pacific Standard Time. We come on 8.45 Pacific Standard Time um, on Sunday mornings on those uh, social Mm. media platforms. That's right. Everyone, please check out 
Finer Spire Fellowship. I enjoy every Sunday. I enjoy the music ministry. The word is so thought out. It is not just a a sermon that you know you're going to hear the same sermon next year at the same time. This is a rhema oh, no. word, a right now word for the people of God. And it's people with so much love. So please be sure to check them out. And for all of their contact information, including their website address, will be up on Bulletin Flight Airtime Pro. Their website, when, you, when, you, when, you, when the programs come on, you'll automatically see all of their information. So we're going to do everything that we can as well in promoting refiners, fire, because they are definitely on fire. <laughs> and, 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 and we just absolutely love them here at Bulletin Flight. And I personally love you, and I love your ministry and what you stand for. Well, we Bishop, love you I wanna... too, brother. And we're so, we are so grateful to have a, a radio station like this. We've needed it for years. I'm so glad that God called you to this ministry because truly it is a ministry and truly it is a work that was much uh, needed. So I hope you all will go to uh, bullet in, bullet, uh, inflightradio.com and see how you can uh, financially support this brother. He can't do this without your help. So please mm-hmm. do that. Uh, I want to put yeah. that plug in. He didn't ask me to, trust me. Uh, he did not ask me to, but but I believe that if we don't do it, we'll lose it. And uh, I want I don't want to lose it. I want it here. That's true. Thank you. Thank you for that. And everyone, as as Bishop Radin just said, visit us on bulletinflightradio.com and uh, click on ways to give. We have a cash app. We have our PayPal. And if that's all too fancy for you, we have a P.O. box with our P.O. box address, and you can <laughs> mail mail us a check. We will accept it. We will. We are 501c3, <laughs> so we are not ashamed of that. And uh, we, we hope that that also motivates you to give because it will come back to you. Bishop Radden, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your very, very busy day and schedule to sit down and talk to myself, little old me, and the Bullet and Flight radio family. I know that there are hundreds to thousands of people all around the country, all around the world even, listening to this message. And I pray that this interview will help someone make a wise decision, that they're contemplating suicide and contemplating other dark thoughts. I hope they take a moment. And let this light mm-hmm. pierce through the darkness. It's worth it. Bishop, mm-hmm. I want to thank you again for your time. Everyone, up next, we are going to do something really special. We are going to actually give you a little treat. You're going to hear Bishop Radden's one of her sermons, Let Go, Let It Go, Let It Go, Let It Go. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Right up now. Hallelujah. So stay tuned. 